the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me giggle. Maybe I'm just uh, giggling because I'm excited to be here with you guys on Taco Tuesday. Munch, munch. Munch, munch. Glad to have you guys here with me like I am every night of the week. Maybe I'm giggling because I'm looking up on the monitors and I'm seeing that Buttigieg is in town riding a San Diego train. Choo-choo. I mean, what the huh? Was he riding? The, was he riding on the part of the tracks that fell down off of Del Mar recently? I mean, I, I have no idea. <laughs> we're, dude, we're paying almost seven dollars a gallon of gas here, and the train is not rideable for most people in parts of their commute. Crazy, crazy. Um, big show for you guys tonight. We are two weeks from today going into midterm elections. Are they as safe as the the safest election in American history, like twenty twenty was? Hillary Clinton is scared to death about 2024. We've got that to share with you guys. And Dinesh D'Souza is going to be here. The book is out. It is 2,000 Mules. They thought we'd never find out. They were wrong. He's going to be here to share all and everything that you need to know about the mules, what they were, who paid for it, why didn't the Republican Party do anything to stop it, and more. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Speaking of, of giggling and excited... On the way in, I expected and thought that we were going to be here, AM 1170, The Answer. We were going to be playing live for y'all. We were super excited to plan to share this with you guys here, that we were going to play live from Pennsylvania, the debate that everybody's been waiting for, Dr. Oz and Fetterman, because many people will tell you, that this Pennsylvania Senate race could be the race could be the key to whether or not the Republican Party takes the Senate. So all eyes were on this debate. And sure enough, in the 11th hour, in an attempt to protect Fetterman, who has no business running for office, given his mental and, and physical shape post stroke, they've now only people in Pennsylvania get to watch this debate quite the cover-up for him so we are going to uh our man here is going to be keeping his eyes on on that race and see if uh, on the debate and see if we can get some sound bites for you guys you can hear what took place in pennsylvania and 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 think about that for a minute think about how they're trying to keep the american people from knowing who's running for office because even if you can't vote in the pennsylvania race doesn't every senator affect the entire country Speaking of our man who's going to be listening for those sound bites, let me bring him in now, and it's none other than DJ Potato Skins. The state of Florida and our pension system, we have shares of... DJ Potato Skins. Just another reason why Super DeSantis is a smart man. Speaking of DeSantis, did y'all hear that Chris, Crispy Christ 
The the old donkey that DeSantis says he's happy to get rid of. You mean the candidate that's toast? <laughs> I evidently when he uh, his when y'all remember he was actually a governor of Florida. I think it was 2007 through 2011. Uh, people that worked for him, including his lieutenant governor who campaigned with him when he ran for governor back in, in 2007, all came out with a letter today. Supporting DeSantis. Oops. (laughs) They were like, look, after the way our man DeSantis has been handling things, particularly. It's undeniable. Yeah. They were like, particularly after Hurricane Ian, there ain't no way we can trust this state to anybody but DeSantis, including our former boss. I mean, that is quite the pimp slap. Okay. That is just absolutely astounding. Dude needs to just turn tail. is toast. He's toast. He's toast. He's gone. Bye-bye. Um, speaking of saying bye-bye, didn't we say bye-bye to Hillary Clinton? <laughs> I thought we did. I thought we did for show, right? Um, we wished, we didn't get our wish, that we would say goodbye to her and see her in stripes, see her in an orange jumpsuit, right? That's what one of the things that we wanted. We wanted to say goodbye to her as she did a perp walk. We didn't get that. But clearly, the American people, the voters of this country, said goodbye to her from the political scene, hoping to never see her again. Well, she's back, babies. And she's issuing a warning. She's awfully concerned about the 2024 elections and says you need to be too because she is declaring that it's already been stolen. Here's what she had to say, clip seven. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential (laughs) election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures many of them Republican controlled. Oh, she's so serious. She's so concerned for us. This is what she says has been keeping her awake at night. <laughs> well, we know it's not Bill, but um, Tish. Andrew, wasn't that mm-hmm. what was in the process of happening before uh, the, the uh, January 6th insurrection? And which process? What was in the process? Of ta- hopefully taking things back to the state. Exactly, right? Let's shall we clue Hill in a little bit, make her hip to a clue here. We are a republic of states. Our elections are supposed to be controlled at the state level, not in a centralized manner. And that's what this is about. In fact, she has to go on and say some of which will be Republican controlled. Well, yeah, let me tell you, if it were, they were all going to be Democrat controlled, she wouldn't be having a problem with any plan. She would say take it to the states. Right. Um, but but she also says the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even it's never been decided by the popular vote. And they want to get rid of the Electoral College. Right. That's one of the reasons why they want to centralize it. They want the They want the federal government to be rewriting the way our elections work. Our founders were absolutely brilliant. 
Because if if we if it was by the popular vote, then the largest states with the largest metropolitan areas would control every ass, every election, and we would not have a representative government. And smaller states wouldn't have any say so in what's going on with our country. Everything about the, what she said is a lie, and that's what Hillary Clinton does. Just like the Democrats, it's always projection. They're the ones that are stealing. They're the ones that stole the election in 2022. Coming up in a moment, we're going to have Dinesh D'Souza to share with you guys the truth, right? They're the ones that are stealing elections. They're the ones that are planning to steal elections in a variety of different means, whether it's big tech collusion, controlling the information that voters get to have, whether or not it's actually using 2000 mules, whether it's not states, you know, you know, legislatures not following their their election rules, whether it's state Supreme Courts, like in the state of Pennsylvania, who rewrote wrote election laws. It's all different means and methods in which, in which the Democrat Party seeks to control the outcome of the elections. Their favorite way seems to be, at least for the moment, seems to be using the FBI and the DOJ to control the outcome of elections through the through the jackboot of tyranny involved in criminal investigations and spying and cahoots being in cahoots with the intelligence community. And quite frankly, it makes me at, at first I was laughing because this video was put out by this in, indivisible group and they're calling and they're calling their new campaign uh, the crush. <laughs> I'm laughing again. The crush the coup campaign. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know what the real coup attempt has been. It's been everything I just described. But what this campaign is about is it's about trying to redirect people to start focusing on the state ele- the state elections and state races. Why? Why is the why is the Democrat Party suddenly now trying to get people to look at the state level because they no longer control everything at the state level. They see the Republican Party starting to be focused on sheriff's races, city councils, state legislatures and it's like, "Oh, uh-oh, maybe we we better look at the state level, but they can't just say, hey, you know, Democrats, we need to we need to reach out to the voters. We need to run for office. We need to campaign and share an agenda that satisfies what the voters are looking for. No, that would be the legitimate way to do no, it. No, that yeah, they're not going to do it in a legitimate manner. No, they're gonna they're gonna lie and say that the Republican Party's trying to steal elections and we're just a bunch of right wing extremists. Try to use the same tactics they use for everything else. But we know the truth. You're going to hear some truth about what really happened in 2020. And no, we're not going to be a dog letting up off that bone. So stay tuned because Dinesh D'Souza will be here next to talk about his book, 2000 Mules. They thought we'd never find out. They were wrong. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Super excited to have you guys here with us on this Taco Tuesday. Before the break, we were having some laughs at the expense of none other than Hillary Clinton, who came out with a video today <laughs> about crushing the coup, declaring in two years in advance of the next presidential election that it was already stolen or in the process of being stolen by a bunch of right wing extremists. Oh, Not so fast, Hillary Clinton. We got a little stolen presidential election in 2020 to contend with, and the facts are out. And it's all documented in the book by Dinesh D'Souza's book. It's called 2000 Mules. They thought we'd never find out they were wrong. And he joins me now to give you all the details, all the deets and everything that you need to know. Hello. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show, Dinesh D'Souza. 
Hey, thanks very much. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. All right. Before we get into the details of the book, I have to get your response to this Hillary Clinton video she put out today. Well, I mean, you have to, as a filmmaker, I I have to appreciate the optics of it. I mean, she looks like a very scary person with this (laughs) Kind of dark outfit and this dark background and a kind of trademark Hillary scowl. And, you know, and she's coming at this as somebody who did not accept her own mm-hmm. election defeat in 2016. In fact, conspired with the Obama people to essentially claim that she lost because somehow Russia rigged the election in collusion with Trump and the media ran with that for four years. So, This whole diabolical plot that was cooked up by the Hillary campaign, uh, I mean, they haven't been held fully accountable for it, but we know what they did. So to come out shamelessly Mm -hmm. and act like she's now the, you know, kind of election hall monitor... I mean, it's a little hard to take. <laughs> it is, and I don't think anybody's buying it. And I don't think I don't think any I don't think there's uh, there's a whole lot of market for Hillary Clinton's opinions right now at this point. Um, yeah, it kind of looked like a like a bad you know how. Well, I guess it's right in time for Halloween. This video that she put out, it was trying to be some kind of scary thing. But l- let's get serious. And they they you know she says in this video, let's move past the midterms and look at the presidential election um, from an election. Election integrity standpoint, we cannot move on past 2020. This was not the most secure election in America's history. This was a heist. And I love a good heist story, but I don't want it involving my elections. Tell everybody you have documented how they did it, why the Republican Party looked the other way and how it was paid for. Tell us how it how it worked and how it was done. Well, the the book that's just out, 2,000 Mules, is kind of a nice companion to the documentary film I released mm-hmm. a few months ago of the same title. Now, there are certain things in the film that you can't get in the book, right? I mean, I show surveillance video of these so-called mules stuffing multiple ballots and then moving from one drop box to the next, to the next, to the next. So this is an illegal operation. It's not... By the way, there's an important distinction between voter fraud and election fraud. So voter fraud is when a voter decides, okay, well, you know, I moved in three different places. They've got my name on the voter rolls in all three places. I'll go and vote three times. Well, that's voter fraud, but that's not going to swing an election. Mm -hmm. What 2000 Mules, the book and the movie are both about is election fraud, which is organized, systematic, coordinated fraud in the key swing states of a magnitude more than sufficient to tip the election to Joe Biden in 2020. So this is what is systematically documented in the film, and it's even more elaborately laid out in the book. Yeah, it's interesting because a, um, a video representation can give you give you great aspects. We're a very visual society, but there's nothing like reading. A book gives an opportunity to give much more greater detail in terms of facts. And I think that that is so important for people to be able to go around and get this book and read it themselves and give copies to people, to, to those, because to be called an election denier today is almost worse than calling somebody a racist, right? And we got we to gotta reclaim this narrative and you can we can do it. With your book alone, even not even talking about machines, not even talking about some of the other shenanigans that took place, but just with this one action here. So tell everybody about these mules and what they were and, and, and what the difference is between this mule campaign and ballot harvesting. Right. So ballot harvesting, um, which is allowed in California, and it's allowed in a very limited way 
in two of the five states that we cover in the in the film. In Georgia and Arizona, for example, you are allowed to return the ballot of an immediate family member, or if you're in a nursing home or confined facility, you can give your ballot to a caregiver. That's it. You can't give it to your neighbor or anybody else, as you can in California. But even in California, you're not allowed to create a paid operation where people are paid, where money changes hands, to deliver votes. That's illegal in all 50 states. And, and that's what's described in 2000 Mules, a, a paid operation involving these mules. Now, what's a mule? Mule is something very similar to what a mule is in, in drug trafficking or human trafficking. The mule is the delivery man. He's the guy who takes the fraudulent ballots and delivers them to these mail-in drop boxes. And the reason the mules go on these routes and they go to multiple drop boxes is they don't want to put 500 fraudulent votes into one box. It's going to create a big spike and be noticed the next time the box is opened. So what they do is a few votes over here onto the next mail-in drop box, a few votes over there. And this is the way they spread it around to avoid raising eyebrows and suspicions. All right. And and that addresses, you you mentioned, and I've heard you say that, um, the critics, even some supposedly on the right, have said, well, how come there's no, like in the in the movie, how come there's no video of any of these mules going, you know, back to the same box over and over? Well, we do have the, the, the same mule in a different outfit coming to the same box. But what we don't have is the same mule going on video to multiple drop boxes. And the okay. simple reason for this is that very few of the drop boxes had surveillance footage. I mean, there were entire states that did not have any video surveillance at all. And even in Fulton County, Georgia, and the Atlanta area, where we got a good bit of our video, out of 10 drop boxes, approximately one has video. So think of it this way, Andrea. If you have a guy, let's say a serial killer, who goes to 10 different homes in a single night, and his cell phone locates him at specific times at each of those homes, and there's a dead body in each one of them, but only home number seven has electronic surveillance. And so you notice from the cell phone data that he arrived at that home at, let's say, 3 a.m. in the morning. You look on the video, and boom, there he is, coming into the house at exactly 3 a.m. in the morning, just when his cell phone said he got there. And that's the point. We're able here to use two different lines of evidence, the cell phone evidence and the video evidence, and where the video evidence exists, it completely corroborates the cell phone evidence. Now, obviously, when you don't have a video camera, it's impossible to show footage. If all the drop boxes had video surveillance, I'd be able to show you the mules at every box. But we have enough, even without all the videos. Is it, there's just enough evidence here to prove that this was a massively coordinated effort, intentionally designed to um, to install Joe Biden in the White House like a piece of software. There's there to yes. me. There's I, absolutely there's absolutely no denying this at this point. And so it's astounding to me how the Republican Party. Before we get into how it was paid, we're talking to Dinesh D'Souza about his groundbreaking, shocking book that should be discussed by everybody and should be on every media outlet. Is Two Thousand Mules? They thought we'd never find out they were wrong. Um, why did the Republican Party? Why have they looked the other way? Well, let's start with a kind of, you know, almost like a dirty little secret. And the dirty little secret is that for many in the Republican establishment, and I don't just mean the so-called rhinos, 
I mean some of the leaders of the Republican Party, they were not entirely unhappy with the result of the mm-hmm. 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Republicans did reasonably well down ballot, but Trump lost. And so the way they, they were thinking is they're like, okay, listen, this is great. Why? Because, of course, Joe Biden will come in. He'll be horrible. People will turn against him. And then they will sweep the Republicans back into office, but this time without Trump. The perfect solution. Just what we had always hoped for. So in a way, you've got a lot of Republicans who are like, you know what? We don't really want to know what happened in 2020. We really just want to kind of turn on the car and move along. Mm-hmm. And this is, for me, been in a way the most disturbing reaction to 2000 Mules, the reaction of the very party that was victimized by the fraud, mm-hmm. not wanting to look into it. Yeah, absolutely. In spite of all the evidence. Um, speaking of evidence, let's talk about how all this was paid for. There was a multiple, there was a variety of different methods where the money came from. Explain. Well, there is a giant flow of leftist money that goes right around election time into all these nonprofit organizations. They're so-called 501c3 organizations. That's the provision of the tax code. Now, this would seem mysterious because... 501c3 organizations that are nonprofit are not supposed to be involved in direct electioneering. They're not supposed to be involved in partisan activity for any candidate. So why is all this money flowing there? Well, supposedly it is just to sort of educate people and get out the vote. But part of what I show in this book and in this film is that the get out the vote partly involves get out the mules. In Mm -hmm. other words, mobilize this illegal and fraudulent vote Because the mules, these are just the delivery guys. They don't come up with the ballots. They stop by at the so-called vote stash houses. They get backpacks full of ballots. So you can see them on the video with a backpack full of ballots. Their job is merely to deliver those ballots to the drop boxes. Okay, so that's the coordination and dirty money flowing in. Um, So we know that there's dirty money coming from like George Soros. Um, Let's talk about Zuckbucks. So Mark Zuckerberg did something that nobody really had even thought of. In fact, when I first heard about it, I thought this has got to be illegal, but I couldn't find a law. It violated it. It has so much. Basically, what he did is he came in with half a billion dollars and he went to these cities and counties and he said, listen, I'm going to tell you where to put these drop boxes and how many of them to have. And I'm going to pay for them. But you have to agree to do what I say. And if you don't do what I say, you have to give me my money back. (laughs) And moreover, in certain places, he said, I have these left wing activists who are going to infiltrate the administration of the election from your office. And unless you let them in, I'm not you're not going to get my money. This is almost unbelievable. And, and of course, the media covered up for Zuckerberg. Oh, he's he's paying for, you know, covid protection masks and so on. Nonsense. The money was going to essentially take over the election apparatus and install all these mail and drop boxes. Now, did Zuckerberg know about the mules? I don't know. And I wouldn't say because I don't know. But let me put it this way. If there were no mail and drop boxes, the mules would have no place to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hence the coordination. There was a whole lot of pieces of a puzzle. There was the money for the drop boxes. There was the money for the mules. Somebody found and hired all these mules. What do we know about that part of the operation? Well, what we do know is that there's a big overlap between the population of mules and the Antifa BLM population. Uh-huh. How do we know this? Because there were race riots in the aftermath of the George Floyd business 
in the summer of 2020 leading up to the election. So when True the Vote obtained cell phone data, they obtained cell phone data as it turns out for the mules, but also for the riots. And they were able to match those two. It's almost like taking two, you know, of those Venn diagram circles and looking to see the overlap. And as it turns out, there is a substantial overlap between the mule population and the Antifa BLM riders. Wow. You just triggered me, though, talking Venn diagrams because Kamala went around for about a week talking about her obsession with with Venn diagrams. Um, Okay, this is um, this is absolutely shocking, though, Dinesh D'Souza. Um, what do you hope? I mean, I, I know that you've said that um, they stole our vote and I, for one, quote, want them to return what they stole. Uh, I don't see Donald Trump ever, you know, it, it's not going to be returned to him. This this theft uh, is permanent. If Donald Trump's going to get back, and this is my opinion, get back in the White House, he's going to have to run again in 2024. But I guess the only thing we can hope for is by educating people, we can stop this plan. What is your goal for the for the book? Yeah, the goal for the book is, is, to, is to raise so much awareness, particularly on the Republican side, that it, it's not easy for them to pull this kind of thing off again. Uh, and I think to some degree, the book and the movie together do that automatically, because even in the primaries in Arizona, there were patriots who were like camping out at these mm-hmm. drop boxes, you know, turning on their cell phones waiting for these mules to show up. So just when somebody announces something, it makes the bad guys take pause. If I were to tell you, you know, in, in San Diego, they're going to rob this bank on Saturday at 7 p.m., it'd be kind of stupid for the criminals to go at 7 p.m., let's go rob the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the awareness is helpful. More Republicans I know are getting involved in the election process. They're becoming poll workers and poll judges and poll observers. This is all very good. Uh, yeah. There are some states that have tightened their voter integrity laws. So there are some good things that have happened, although I think that the big test will come in 2024 because mm-hmm. the Democrats are going to be desperate. They're going to try everything to win that one. And we need to be ready for any kind of shenanigans that any, anyone decides to come up with. Yeah, I think the exposure of, of the movie when it came out, the documentary, is one of the reasons why Zuckerberg said, you know what, I'm out of the election funding business. I'm not going to provide Zuckbucks anymore. I also think it will play a very important role. We have Americans that were thrown into a gulag and denied bail because they questioned the outcome of an election. And you have documented proof. First of all, there's, you know, we're not supposed to be jailed in this country for a belief. We have the right, even Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams and others have the right to question the outcome of an election and say it was stolen. Um, and these people can't get their life back. But the narrative that's been pushed is that anybody questioning the outcome of an election is is some demonic, evil going election denier, like the worst thing that you can be called. It's like to be called an election denier is like worse than be called a child abuser now, when the reality is, is this election was stolen and we need to take the narrative back. And you have provided the proof to do that. And so I'm grateful for it. Tell everybody one last time the name of the book and where they can get it. The book has the same title as the movie. It's just 2,000 Mules. You can get it anywhere books are sold. If you haven't seen the film, you really mm-hmm. must see it. You can just go to the website 2000mules.com. It'll show you how you can stream the movie or buy a DVD, however you want to watch it. I, I, I think the two are really a nice companion piece, yeah. the one with the other, uh, the, the book and the movie together. Well, thank you so much for, for these projects, for educating the American people, fighting for election integrity and for the country. And thanks for being here tonight, Dinesh D'Souza. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We got more Andrea K show coming up. So don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Just uh, watching a couple of clips online of this uh, Dr. Oz Fetterman debate, you can see why they didn't want the world to, to be watching this. It's absolutely, honestly, half of me is absolutely in- incredulous and angry at Fetterman because of his reckless, and disgusting, insane policies he wants to inflict on this country and on the on the citizens of Pennsylvania. And then I got to be honest with y'all. I mean, some some of these clips are making me, you know, they're just so cringy because this man does not have the mental capacity to to do this job. Quite frankly, I don't know if I was hiring what I would feel comfortable hiring him to do, given how much he's struggling. And he's struggling in, in spite of the fact that they actually set it up for him that he would get closed captioning so he could read the questions. You have to be able to have a conversation with people. You have to be able to meet with your constituents. You have to be able to hear and communicate what you're going to do. You have to be able to analyze and have analytical, critical, and reading comprehension in order to do the job. He actually literally opened the debate tonight with the question was, what qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? And he opens by saying, hi, good night, everybody. And then he's literally struggling to get these words out. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz is running to use Pennsylvania. And he's just so struggling. I mean, I'm almost glad that I didn't have to watch or listen to this. It's incredibly painful. But the reality is, is that sympathy does should not uh, result in somebody serving as a U.S. senator. These jobs are paid for by the taxpayers. And then as soon as somebody gets elected to office, just from an economic standpoint, is this somebody that, that you would hire if you were, were literally sitting down and writing the check? Be honest, Democrats, if you're, if you're listening to me. Would you actually hire somebody that can't understand a question, has to read it, and struggles to get a sentence out, depending on what you're needing somebody to do? This man is literally disabled. And it shouldn't make it okay to hire him or to put him forth for employment, a highly paid position, when he's not up for the job. And of course, as soon as they get they they get elected into office, they're on the dole forever. He has no capacity to do the job, and what the Democrats are planning to do is using him. He will be just another version of Joe Biden, who uh, never who, who you know isn't up for the job cognitively. But the forces behind the Democrat Party, the Marxist and communist in, in the Democrat Party, um, are, are going to be calling the shots. He's just the figurehead for it. And if you think of it that way, then you've got to understand that that his policy of wanting to put every murderer in jail, I mean, murderers back on the street, admitting that they're going to murder again. His policy of wanting to use taxpayer money to, to, for heroin injection sites, this is not Fetterman extremism. This is the Democrat Party. This is where the Democrat Party wants to go with the Senate. And I'm not a super big fan of Dr. Oz. I felt like he's I, I felt like he's he's squishy. Um, but honestly, you know, uh, we cannot we cannot have Fetterman in the Senate. This is absolutely disturbing and distasteful. And you know, was there nobody better? Well, I guess when he I, I guess when they put him up uh, for office, he, you know, um, it, it, I guess that was pre, pre-stroke. pre All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Maybe we'll have some more sound bites for you guys from this debate. 
and also some other topics. Next hour, we've got news you can use with our man, Gary Quackenbush, is going to be here with Quack and the Whack and also some news you can use. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, you deserve to know what's going on in this Dr. Oz, John Fetterman senatorial debate. They're trying, I mean, did they really think... I guess they thought that by not broadcasting it live that people wouldn't see it. And maybe a lot of people won't. But those of us that care about elections are going to see and hear what went down. And it's absolutely despicable. Um, uh, Of course, it seems as though, and I can't really tell much. uh, It seems as though the moderator is doing a decent job here. But, of course, it sounds like some of the questions, though, are basically same old you know, um, Dr. Oz is, you know, a carpet bagging rich guy and John Fetterman's pretending that he's like the, you know, the the common man. It's, you know, typical, you know, cultural Marxist Democrat, you know, pitting, you know, the bourgeoisie against the proletariats. Right. Um, in fact, here's here's a clip of John Fetterman trying to attack Dr. Oz um, and trying to be cheeky about it. Clip one. In an op-ed for the Wilkes-Barre Times leader, you wrote, quote, it is time we crack down on the big price gouging corporations that are making record profits while jacking up prices for all of us. How do you plan to do this, sir? You mentioned price going after price gouging corporations. How do you plan to do this? You have 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. We have to keep pushing back on that. And he would never make that choice to, to fight for uh, for, for uh, America. Families here in Pennsylvania, you know, he has never met an air, uh, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. You know, he has never been able to stand up for working families all across Pennsylvania. You know, we must push back. Inflation has hurt Americans and Pennsylvania's families, and it has given the oil companies record profits. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wow. Uh, first of all, that was painful. That was painful to listen to. You know, you could tell the script. It's like they they were, they teed it up for him to have a script, right, with a little punchline in there of, oh, Dr. Oz has never met an oil company he didn't swipe right for. I think that's some kind of dating app reference. Um, just absolutely ridiculous because and, and 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 if you are struggling right now, as most Americans are, I'm sure you're quite aware that it's not the oil companies that are gouging you. It's that ridiculous Joe Biden and the Democrat Party who decided on day one of his presidency planned to wage war on the energy sector in this country, which was really to wage war on the middle class. And I don't begrudge a dime of profits for these oil companies at this point because they are under the gun. They've already been told we are aimed to put you out of business by the U.S. government. Do you know how much money it takes for them to run their operations? And and, and we're going to talk about record profits. Let's talk about the record profits that this war on American energy has provided for Putin, right? Who's making record profits? It's Putin. Who's making record profits? It's OPEC, uh, which includes Saudi Arabia, who Joe Biden went over and bowed to, begging for oil from, only to, and actually should be impeached for the fact that when he was over there begging for oil from Saudi Arabia, he actually said, got into a quid pro Joe quo conversation 
and said, hey, you know, work with me here. You know, don't you know, don't don't spill the beans on me here. Help us out here. You know, uh, you know, we've got these midterm elections coming up. Joe Fetterman, despite whatever his disability is, is nothing but another far left lying hypocrite. And this is a man, by the way, talking about pushback and fighting for Pennsylvania families. How was he fighting for them in his mama's basement? As a trust fund brat. I hate these liars. But you know what? The moderator, speaking of energy, this moderator might be a little bit different than some of the others. I'm not sure who this moderator is, but he actually called out John Fetterman for his past his past statements about fracking, which and I'm not an expert in Pennsylvania politics, but uh, in, in Pennsylvania itself. But I think fracking, I do know that fracking is not the evil operation that they tried to make it out to be years ago. And it's something that is is a. Uh, uh, um, something that they do in Pennsylvania. I think there's opportunity for fracking there. Here's how the moderator busted Fetterman on a lie, clip two. John Fetterman's approach to health is a very dangerous one. He believes we should socialize medicine. He embraces- Oh, sorry, wrong clip. I meant to call up clip. Man, your handwriting is scary. Um, I can't read the number here. It's not two. Clip three. It's two minutes. This is a extreme position on energy. If we unleashed our energy here in Pennsylvania, it would help everybody. Why John Fetterman is so rigidly stuck on fighting against uh, energy companies is is stunning to me because it's the jobs I want. Tens of thousands of high-paying jobs to help Pennsylvanians. Thank you, Mr. Oz. Uh, Oz rule. Mr. Fetterman, 15 seconds. I absolutely support fracking. In fact, I live across the street from a a steel mill, and they were going to frack to create their own energy in order to make them more competitive, and I support that, living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. I believe that we need independence with energy, and I believe I've walked that line my entire career. I believe Democrats. Mr. Mr. Fetterman, I do have a specific question, which you can continue on this topic. But you have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So, Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position. 60 seconds. Uh, I, I've I've always supported fracking, and I always believe wow. that independence with our energy is is critical. We can't be held, you know, uh, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that. Well, wow, I can't even I can't even listen is, to that anymore. I mean, do you do you hear the struggle skins? Of him trying to come up with, you know, he's he's busted. Well, one, he's having the hard time, uh, you, you know, mentally there be, be, because of what's going on with him. And then two, he's coming up with an excuse. Well, yeah, and and his excuse is basically what he's trying to do is like he you could tell he had pre he he's got the questions on closed captioning, which means they were given to him in advance, no doubt, and he's got his planned answers. And when he's busted, he's just trying to he's struggling to come up with the same canned answers exactly that he had before. Has to be off the cuff. Yeah, and so uh, it, it's just and he's a liar. He's a liar, and not a good liar. Because a good liar could come back and say, well, at one point I supported fracking, but I've changed my position because of X, Y, Z. This man's just a flat out lying. This man cannot be Senate. I mean, I, I you know, um, 
whatever doctor, I don't know what this Dr. Oz rule is. I guess that's a reference to earlier him saying he's never met an, you know, Dr. Oz has never, you know, met an oil company or seen an oil company. He didn't swipe right. I don't even know where that's coming. Oz rule, Oz rule. But it's just, it's painful. It's pitiful. And you know what? He needs to go and recover someplace else, not in the halls of the U.S. Senate. One final clip. Um, this is, uh, again, I believe, Fetterman trying to play the I'm the everyman looking out for the working class people while the Democrat Party is destroying the middle class. And that's before the 85,000 new IRS armed IRS agents get into play and seek to uh, target uh, small business owners. Uh, it, it, let's play uh, clip three. To small business owners who have told us that if the minimum wage were increased to $15 an hour, it would put them out of business. You have 30 seconds. Now, we, we all have to make sure that everyone that works is able to, that's, that's the most American bargain, that if you work full time, you should be able to live in dignity as well, true. And I believe they haven't have any businesses being, being, uh, we can't have businesses being subsidized by not paying ind- uh, individuals that just simply can't evade to to pay their own way. Okay, Mr. What can you can can you translate that for me, Skins? And I'm not being ugly here. No, I was having a hard time following. He's trying to tout the typical Marxist that, you know, uh, push that's going on that, you know, everybody should earn a living wage and that minimum wage, you know, should be higher. The, the, the reality is, is minimum wage jobs, and we've talked about this many times, minimum wage jobs in this country were never meant to be head of household jobs. Bagging groceries at the grocery store is something you're supposed to do when you're a junior in high school, not when you're a father of four. And the solution for somebody who had no ambition, no work ethic, no skills or and, and sought no additional skills or education is not to take more money from the business owner who probably did push to get skills, probably did push to get additional education, probably took out a whole lot of loans and borrowed money either from the small business administration or from whoever to start a business. I hate this kind of mentality. The business owners aren't the bad guys here because you didn't bother to work hard or get an education or graduate high school or figure out how to earn a higher wage so that you could support your family. And what does it mean to live in dignity? I hate that kind of conversation. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people you want to talk about living in dignity, though. There's a whole lot of people that are not able to live in dignity right now as a result of the very policies that are already in place that Fetterman's pushing. And that includes here in California, families who have to decide, are we going to fill up our gas tank or buy food? A majority of Americans in some parts of this country are going on reduced number of meals a day or going hungry. That's not dignified. And they were eating well under the Trump administration. All right, we're going to take a break. We're done with Fetterman. I can't listen to that anymore. we got more coming up on the other side of the break, so don't you go anywhere. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.